The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing in, and I'm hoping you're ready to talk about gardening, because that's what, what we do here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting every Friday morning. And I brought some stuff in from my yard, because next week, Java, they say it might even snow next week. I don't know. It's going to get maybe down into the teens. Now, that was, you were the first person to let me know that, so I'm going to have to get prepared. <laughs> well, I, I'm just, I, I don't know for sure. It's, it's been said, and I heard it. That it People might rain are saying, next week. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's why you cover yourself. It was said, and I heard it that. But uh, a lot of people were kind of worried about stuff. You know, what can I do? Do I need to cover stuff up? My community, you know, come on, folks. Teens are not that big a deal to most normal garden plants. If you got something unusual, yeah, let's do something about it. But Aunt Mamie never covered up her roses or camellias or her daffodils. She never did any of that stuff, and they do. And I don't either. And there's, there may be a couple of tropical type plants i've got in my garden that can sometimes overwinter that i may throw a bag or something over just if it's going to get cold is it something to do with maybe the length of cold like it only is going to get like a flash freeze maybe for us no that's that's what's bad for us plants gradually build up a cold tolerance. you know it gets cooler and cooler the days get shorter get cooler cool plants build up this tolerance this this uh, they they go dormant i forget senescence whatever the word is and um, they build it up gradually but then and they can take 10 below zero 20 below zero. But if, if they we, build it up. Yeah, but it only takes uh, a, a couple of, uh, a few days of warm weather from to lose it. And they have to start all over again. So what happens here? Sunny, nice, warm, feels great. Everything starts blooming. Then, boom, it drops down to stuff that's not a problem to plant normally, but they can't take that sudden freeze. So, and, uh, and another thing about my garden is in town, it's protected. I got, you know, I'm right in the middle of a city and with houses and plants and uh, pavement and stuff like that. So it never gets quite as cold in, in town as it does out at the airport. But anyway, there are a lot of things growing out there right now that have been through winter before. They'll make it through this one. So in general, I wouldn't worry about covering stuff up. Oh, my roses have got buds on them. Yeah, mine do too. I'm not going to cover them up. My camellia, mine too. I'm not going to cover them up. What about my, mine too. I'm not going to cover them up. Relax. And the worst that can happen is some stuff might get messed up for a few days. (laughs) Or that you planted something that doesn't supposed to be out here. And it doesn't make it. That's a whole different ball game. Um, but anyway, there are a lot of things though that can take the weather, the ups and the downs, and the the hot, the cold, the the winds, the the rains, the no rains. And I brought in a whole bunch of them I collected from my garden this morning. Colorful, edible stuff uh, that even if you don't like to eat them, and to be honest with you. A lot of times I don't even eat them. I like them because they're pretty in the middle of the winter. And of all the colorful stuff I've got out here, my purple kale, my my burgundy mustard, my uh, my blue lacinata uh, kale, they're so pretty. But also the uh, foliage of of my uh, my Swiss chard. I've got a series called Bright Light Shards, and the stem, the leaves are green, but the, the stems and the veins, some are rich red, some are bright pink, some are golden orange, some are deep burgundy. And these are plants that that have pretty foliage, and when you're tired of looking at them, you, you can eat them. <laughs> this is great. Uh, the other thing I brought in, uh, I don't want to tell you what, I'll talk about that a little bit, but it's a, it's not about me, it's about what's going on in y'all's garden. If you want to give us a call, we've got the lines wide open, and it's a toll-free number, one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven mpb ring I remembered it this week. I've only been doing this, what, 15, 16 years? Now, Felder, as we wait for a call, I know I asked you about uh, cauliflower the yeah. other week because yeah. 
um, doing the you know the plant based, more plant based eating and stuff like that. And um, you actually say you're going to get into growing some cauliflower. Well, you know, I, I I don't eat that much cauliflower, but you said you've got a recipe. Do you say it's for fried or dipped or something like that? Yes, yeah, for um, boneless cauliflower wings. And you do those? Yes, I do. How do you do them? Um, well, I, my my wife does. Okay, so do you watch it? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, you, you eat cauliflower, and you said y'all had um, eggplant parmesan last night. Now that is what I, my question was going to be because is it is it possible for me to in my garden to grow eggplant? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Because I did eggplant parmesan yesterday, and I was really proud of it. Yeah. So now my <laughs> now my juices are going. Yeah, it grows in the summertime. This is the same family as peppers and and. Uh, 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 tomatoes and stuff. It's a nice little plant, and you can get them with the great big, you know, purple looking ones. They call aubergines overseas, aubergine. Uh, but anyway, the big ones. They also have some that are that are shaped like eggs, and some that are long and thin and purple. And they might be more interesting because you slice them like you would a like a, a zucchini squash or something. Still, those big round flat things. Yeah, because that's what we did the the round ones, and you can you also could cut them long ways if you yeah. wanted to. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we'll do that. But I, yesterday I went out in my garden and I, uh, I I dug up a little bit, anticipating uh, some rain. Uh, but also I put a fence around it. I got some of those metal fence posts you just tamp into the ground. And then I got some dog fencing, the kind that's, that's got green uh, uh, coating on it. It's uh, rectangles about, oh, two inches by four inches. And I put it all the way around it, made me a little gate so I can keep the raccoons. I found out where my raccoons are coming from. Two doors down, a friend of mine, a neighbor of mine, he's a long-haul truck driver. He has a, he had a cat for a long time. Cat's gone, but he keeps the cat door open and he feeds raccoons in his kitchen. Wow. Yeah, which is fine, but they come over to my place for their dessert. So anyway, uh, let's go to, to, um, to Shannon. No, to Mandy. Mandy, you calling from Shannon? Yes, that's me. Howdy. Where, how are you today? I'm doing very well. I have a question about bulbs. Okay. So last year, well, earlier this year, I dug up, oh, hundreds of bulbs. I marked them in February, and I dug them up about May. Yeah. And I put them in paper bags, and I put them in two different closets in my house. Well, I remembered one closet full of bulbs, and I planted them in the ground about November or December. Uh-huh. I forgot about the others until a couple of weeks ago. Oops. And, yeah, and so I went ahead and I quickly went to the place where I wanted to plant them, and I just planted I just dug up dirt, like turned dirt over and put them in the ground. Yeah, And which is how you I plant wait, them. Did I wait too late? Uh, no, not really. Were these like old hardy ones from an old home site or something like that? Yes. Okay. Well, those are the ones that are sort of selected out. There's a lot that won't take the abuse, but those kind are generally extra sturdy. They've 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 selected uh, the ones that couldn't make it already petered out. So they're 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 stronger types to begin with. Uh, here's the deal: daffodils and, and a lot of bulbs start growing their roots in the fall and start putting their leaves up in the 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 fall and early winter. So yours haven't had a chance to get started doing that yet. Uh, so they might put up some leaves real quick and bloom. But they're not going to be as vigorous uh, because they, they they haven't had the the couple of months of getting ready for it. Uh, so I think they'll they'll bloom fine. They may skip next year's blooming because uh, they have to have a, they, they they get their energy for next year's bulbs, next year's flowers after they finish blooming. Well, yours are going to barely struggle to have enough energy to bloom. And I think they'll do fine, but they may skip a year blooming. Some of them. Okay, that that's fine. I just would hate to have put all those in the ground and get nothing. <laughs> yeah, and all the anxiety. Is somebody going to see me digging these things? I've been there. <laughs> Matter of fact, well, I, I did get permission. There you I go. Did get permission. So yeah. I, I did that right. So yeah. Thank well, you so much for your help. Well, one of the things you did this, that really helps them. A lot of people don't do this. They see these things in bloom. They dig them up. They take them on, plant them. And they don't realize that, that that disrupts their making their flower buds for next year. So at least yours are likely to have a flower bud and bloom this year. But if you dig it while they're in bloom, they often skip a year. So it's going to be two years before they bloom. So anyway, at least I think yours will bloom this year. Well, I followed your advice, and I flagged them when they were blooming yeah. so I could go back and find them when the foliage was cut down. Yeah. So. Nothing, nothing to it. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. I appreciate that. You bet it, Mandy. Thank you. Okay, now let's go up to Startville. Hi, Shirley. Good morning. 
Good morning, Felder. How are you? It's a little chilly, but cheerful. Isn't it gorgeous? Mm-hmm. I don't mind the chilly uh, <laughs> chilliness yeah. as long as the sun is shining. Yeah. Well, what you got going on? Okay, so you uh, said you wanted calls about what we have in our winter garden. Uh huh. So uh, just last week, I harvested broccoli. Um, that uh, this is the first time I successfully grown broccoli, so I'm I'm so pleased. Uh, and um, it, I have some in the ground in my flower bed in my armchair garden. There you go, and armchair I, garden. <laughs> and then I have some uh, in some pots. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing is, I have romaine lettuce that I have. Uh, harvested twice. Uh, you just snip, you just snip them back and snip them off, and they sprout out new stuff. Or you take a few they, leaves here and there. No, I snip them off, and then they, you know, then they grow back. Mm-hmm. I, I snip the tops off, and um, and the other day, one of my friends gave me these humongous uh, turnip bottoms, uh, and I said, "Oh wow, what am I going to do with these?" And so. Um, I still had some um, mustards in the ground. I planted mustards last fall mm-hmm. and turnips in the ground. The turnips have, you know, kind of died back yeah. in the ground, but I had some collards in my pots, and they're, they're beautiful. So <laughs> I, put the, I put the collards in there with the uh, turnip bottoms, and uh, it was quite Tasty. Did, what, what, oh. kind of, what kind of seasoning did you use? Okay, I use olive oil and red uh, onion. Okay, you like it spicy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to keep from using the old way with the meat and all that. Yeah, the old so, way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so with my, with my broccoli, I have a steamer. So I, I steamed my broccoli with some red onion. I just love the taste of red onion. Well, you know, it's time. Actually, it's getting time. This month or the first part of, of March is the time to sit out broccoli and cabbage and uh, cauliflowers, things like that. Uh, you know, they, they don't like it. You know, if you set out a new plant like this week and it drops down the teens, you know, a young mm-hmm. plant might not be able to take it. But once they get established, they can take cool weather. But if you set some more plants out, set some little ones out. You know, the garden centers have some big, leggy, good-looking plants. You want the little ones because they mm-hmm. they never slow down growing. The big ones that's been sitting in a pot, if they slow down or stop growing in a pot at the garden center, they never quite pick back up. So if you, if you go to the garden center, if they've got some small plants, end of this month, first part of March, and put them out. They'll produce really well before it gets too hot. Then it's time to pull them up, stick a tomato in the hole. Oh, yeah. Well, I I did uh, grow um, cherry tomatoes in a pot last year. I mean, they were so profuse. They produced all summer long. And I I had some better boys in the ground um, uh, in, in my flower bed, and one of them did extremely well. The other one didn't at all. Some of mine the so same I way. I, some of mine do, and some some of mine don't, and I wrote the book. You know, it's just, okay. you know, it's not it's not <laughs> something you do then. or don't. No, heck no, heck no. <laughs> well, anyway, this next this time next year, think about uh-huh. if you can get your hands on this this uh, uh, Swiss chard. It is a pretty plant. It it tastes it cooks and it tastes like spinach. But it's a gorgeous plant. They've got yellow and red and pink stems. But my favorite kale uh, is like a collard, except it's tougher and uh, it, it's more cold hardy. But the one called lacinata. Some people call it dinosaur kale because it get that wrinkly skin or Tuscan blue. It's the prettiest plant, and it'll take the and and it cooks. You don't need bacon grease at all. To, to, okay, to this, this is why I was ready to ask. You know, some people uh, massage the the kale leaves because they're kind of tough. So, do you massage your kale leaves? I just pull. I just I, I just pull that 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 middle stem out and cook them. Uh, you know, and uh, I okay. give a big old grin. I got a piece of green stuck in my teeth, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> anyway, Shirley, thank you for your call. Sounds like fun. I hope you give uh, the the broccoli and stuff another shot in a couple of three weeks. Uh, oh yeah, I just cut them. I just cut the you know 
the hats off and I left the um the foliage. Yeah. So so hopefully, you know, they'll Fing- they'll reproduce. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. <laughs> All right. Thank you, lady. Appreciate Thank it. Woo. Whew, she she got it going on in pots and stuff. A lot of people are growing things in containers and raised beds for the first time because we've got that homesteading thing, you know, the COVID, the COVID gardening thing. And that's great. I grow most of my stuff in raised beds in big containers. Uh, they need a little extra water sometimes in the summertime, but they warm up better quicker in the spring. They drain better. And I don't make a big deal. Mine are not fancy. I'm not going to spend more on the raised bed than the vegetables would cost. And I don't add a bunch of junk to it. I take my native dirt and I stir stuff in with it, like crackers and a bowl of chili. Don't make a big deal. Don't spend more money. Um, well, what am I saying? Some people, their garden is their version of a bass boat, and you want to spend all the money you want, go for it. But you don't have to, is what I'm saying. We're going to take a real quick break. Me and Java and Kevin Farrell and the other folks at MPB, we'll be right back after this. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, "Eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russian. Hey, before the program started, uh, 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 Java and, and Kevin and I were talking about Captain Kangaroo. You know, this is before your time, Java. Yeah, before Captain your time. Kangaroo. And before that was Howdy Doody. But you told me they were basically like the Pee Wee Hermit, because yeah. that's, that's my reference. That's right. But, you know, the Captain Kangaroo segued into Pee Wee Hermit. What, what are your, is there something like that? You know, whether you have some guy doing skits and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm Sesame Street, of course, is sort of that, that way. But yeah. it doesn't have the stupid stuff. Yeah, they don't. I don't. I, I really can't put my finger on one for my kids because everything's so scattered. They were only, yeah. you know, it's so old now. There were only a couple channels that we could, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> turn to. But, you know, Captain Kangaroo and uh, and Pee Wee Hermit, they had skits. And some of them were really stupid. They have whimsical things, you know, the talking grandfather clock and the talking chair and all that. I just wonder if kids are into that kind of stuff now. They're into it, but, I mean, the internet, you know, it, like yeah. I say, it kind of scatters it they, around. They have their own version of surreal. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, I've been arranging stuff in here uh, for for my photo for the uh, for the podcast. But uh, folks, it's a call in program. If you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, a lot of people are, are starting to get concerned about their lawn, the the uh, winter, the meadow wildflowers that. Some people call them weeds in their yard. They're starting to, to to bloom, and people want to know, what can I spray? And Do I need to use weed and feed and stuff like that? Uh, I'll be glad to help you with that. I, I studied turf management at Mississippi State. I've been working a long time with this. If you want to have a meadow lawn, I encourage that. I think it's perfectly fine. Mow what grows, and if you got uh, some dandelions and you have problems with them, well, plant daffodils with them. That solves the problem. And then when it's time to start mowing the grass, you just mow your grass, and the daffodils and the dandelions, Dandelions and the violets and the henbitten, wild onion, wild garlic, and all those other wonderful little low-growing meadow flower are gone for the summer. You can have a winter and spring meadow in the same spot as a nice summer lawn. So, But anyway, if you want to treat them, this is the time to do it. If you had trouble with stickers last year, this is the time to spray them. Uh, if you, which, which, by the way, tells me if you got stickers, it means you got a thin lawn. You need to spend this summer thickening your lawn up with a little fertilizer and raising more and all that stuff. But if you have problems with these and you want to control them, this is the time to do it. And people start calling in uh, uh, middle of March. March, uh, end of March, 1st of April, want to spray their weeds. They're bigger. They're tougher. They're sending energy up into flowers and seeds. They're harder to kill then. Um, and the sprays can damage your lawn during that little spring transition, the spring green up thing. So one thing I would recommend against using is combinations. I love sugar. I love sugar. I like it in anything. I also brush my teeth regularly. I like toothpaste. But you don't mix sugar in your toothpaste. They don't work together. They're great products, but it's not a good combination. 
true with weed and feed. Fertilize separately from treating your weeds. That combination is convenient. It sounds great. It's a terrific marketing tool. The concept is terrific, but it's either way too early for the fertilizer, which does cause problems, or it's not enough herbicide, and you're basically feeding your weeds. So treat your weeds now. This month, wait until you've mowed the grass at time to do before you fertilize it. This is based on turf science, not personal opinion. Weed and feed is probably the only product that I strongly recommend against. Uh, there are a lot of iffy things that don't really matter, like pruning paints on your, you know, or root stimulators. I don't care about those. Weed and feed is not a good combination for the South. And I'm standing on turf management from Texas A&M, Mississippi State, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. Against weed and feed. Uh, But anyway, I'm for everything else. And so let's talk about whatever you want to, whether it's carrots or kale or or, or wildflowers or or trees or shrubs or whatever. Give me a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. We're going to slide all the way up to the top of Interstate 55, Highway 51, and uh, to Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Mike, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm good. The sun is out. I'm happy. Yeah, you go. Uh, you, you ought to go sit out in it like a big old lizard. I am. <laughs> uh, What's I up? had two questions. Uh, one of them is, uh, when do I harvest this garlic that I planted in the fall? A good question. A um, couple of things. Not till the leaves start to turn yellow. Uh, and we were talking about May or first part of June at the latest. But uh, here's okay. the thing. If yours start to send up a little center thing, looks like a little space capsule coming up on a stem. Uh, if yours going to make a flower, when you see that, just pop it off. Because if they send up a flower, some varieties do, uh, the energy goes up to that and send it down to your, into, into your bulbs. So, uh, oh, okay. so, so sometimes the next month, just go out every now and look at them. They got a little pointy capsule looking thing on a stick coming up in the middle. Just pop it off. And let's wait till the leaves either, uh, you know, turn yellow or flop over before you dig it, late, uh, May or so. Okay. All right. And the other question is um, I know you've been stuck in the country this year. Who takes care of your gardens in England? Uh, no, it's a container garden. And, you know, this is wherever I go. Anywhere I go, I plant things that can talk, that that grow. They've been growing for a long time. I choose same thing with my garden here in Mississippi. The stuff I plant in the back of my pickup truck. If I'm gone from May, June, July, August, first of September, ain't nobody gonna water that stuff. So I choose plants that will grow well without needing a bunch of care. And uh, well, everywhere right. I go, and it doesn't matter whether you live in in, in in anywhere in the world. There are plants that will survive utter neglect and still look good. That's what well, I do. I knew you didn't get to go home this year or back there this year. So. Well, you know, Mississippi is my home. Somebody takes care of it. No, you know, I, I born, born and raised in Mississippi. My folks came to Mississippi b- before it was a state. You know, I've been here a long time. So this, this, this is my this, this is where my my heart is. I love it. Hey, man, thanks for all the info. I really appreciate your show. Appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, by the way, I'm meeting with folks in my neighborhood uh, this week. Um, this past year, they've been several years. They've been working on on a Main Street, State Street in Jackson. They completely dug it down to like halfway to China, and they've done it back. But and but what they did was they put it back instead of they went from four lanes to two lanes with great big wide sidewalks on both sides, which is nice because I walk. But they left a little area between the sidewalk and the curb that's about eighteen inches to two feet wide pure clay surrounded by baking concrete, 140, 150 degrees in the summertime, no water, uh, you know, buses going by. It's what horticulturists call the hell strip because it's hell for plants. I'm having a meeting with folks in the neighborhood this week to look for plants that will grow in those conditions. And I've got a good list of plants that will grow with absolute, utter neglect and look good all year long with no care at all. And the trick is you find one here, you find one there, you find one. You pull them in combinations that look good. So it's just a matter of looking at what is common and tough as nails and maybe a little boring and mix them together. And first thing you know, you've got a Mr. Potato Head. So anyway, let's uh, go to uh, Natchez, down in Natchez. Hey, Lee, good morning. Thank you for holding. Good 
Good morning, Felder. Howdy. I have a question about something that looks like clover that's growing in my St. Augustine. It's got a little pink flower with four little uh, petals. It's beautiful, but I just want to make sure it's not harming my St. Augustine, which I love. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy! Is is it? It looks like clover. It get the it grows it like a little mound. Yes. Yeah, that's called oxalis. It is a type of clover. And uh, and I grow oxalis in in my flower beds and, and here and there, and it's great in lawns too. But uh, it's normally not a problem. A lot of people th- don't like it because it spreads like crazy. But when it's time to for your grass to green up, which is April or so, the grass doesn't really start greening up in Natchez until late March, first part of April. Uh, when you see other people's lawns starting to green up, go ahead and just mow it. The, that sounds great. The, the only way it hurts your grass is if it shades out that new growth in the spring, which sort of jumpstart the lawn. And so if you can just cut it or, or more, more around a few clumps, that's where you hide Easter eggs. I do, and the kids love it. I uh, just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be any long-term negative effect. No. No, you. You matter of fact, this spring, if, if right around Natchez, you'll see it in all sorts of lawns where they don't even notice it, and it does fine. The sharp morning grass is like it was never there. Well, thank you, Felder. Okay. Have a wonderful weekend. Appreciate it. Tell the folks at Fat Mamas I said, hey. I sure will. Bye bye. <laughs> All righty. Okay, now to um, to Terry, Jimmy. What's going on down that south part of Hines County? Oh, nothing much. But I've got a uh, uh, climbing rose, and I got on a big project, so I did not do my due diligence of keeping it trimmed. Uh huh. It's got stems that are. It's a freak of nature. It's got stems that are like 12, 14 feet long. Yeah. They've covered up some blueberry bushes. They've climbed up a crepe uh, myrtle tree. How far can can I, I cut it back uh, this winter? Well, you you can cut it back to two feet tall if you want to and sprout back out. But here's here's the, the caveat. Most climbing roses have their main, a lot of them are just once bloomers. Uh, the repeat bloomers have their biggest flush in the spring. Uh, if you cut it way back now, there it goes. It's gone. So what I would do is I would, if there's some branches here and there that are directly causing you problems or causing problems to other plants, thin those out you know, over the wintertime. And then when it finishes blooming, this main flush in the spring, then you can cut it back as far as you want it and let it start back over again. But if you cut, if you, if you get a hard back right now, there goes your best show of the season. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it. Okay. Now for who all the way down to ocean Springs. Hey, Gail, how are you this morning? Good morning, Felder. I really enjoy your show. Thanks. Uh, my, my question's about a bougainvillea. Mm-hmm. My my neighbor, when she moved away, gave me a potted small bougainvillea. And I did the research, and I read that they were very difficult to transplant. However, mine has just done beautifully, it's, it's, but it's taken over. And I normally have to pretty much suit up an armor because of the thorns to prune it. But my question is, how to prune it? <laughs> okay, and is this growing in the ground? It's in the ground. Okay. Yes. Oddly enough, on the Mississippi Gardening um, uh, 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 face, Facebook thing, the same question came up somewhere on the coast, want to grow bougainvillea. And most of the time, bougainvillea is going to freeze, even on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. So yours must be in a good protected place or something. We uh, have in, it very well protected. Yeah. Uh, you, the, it blooms on new growth. It's considered, I mean, it's just like an invasive weed all over California and, and in some places in Florida. So you can cut it back as far as you want. You can cut some stems back far. Leave some long, cut some halfway to make them, you know, fuller. But where, so wherever you make the cut, the new growth can come out right there, sort of like with a rose. But you can cut them as hard as you want. Uh, they bloom all year in the tropics. So it's just going to be, as a matter of fact, it might actually help it get through next weekend's cold smell, cold spell. So do it before the cold spell is what you're saying. Yeah, like I say, bougainvillea can be killed by a freeze. It often well, gets killed. We've been covering it. Yeah. Uh, every time it gets cold. I mean, I've babied this thing, and I've, I've wanted well, it for so long. <laughs> it, next week's going to get pretty chilly. What I, if you plan on cutting it back, go ahead and cut it back sometime this week. First of all, that'll get rid of the stuff that's high up off the ground that's most likely to freeze, and it'll be easier to cover up what's left. Okay, terrific. Thank you so much. Okay, appreciate it. All right, have a good one. All righty. Now, um, we're going to 
take a real quick break. We've got a calls from Savannah, Tennessee. Luckily, it's toll-free, so don't worry about that. Meridian, Neshoba County. Uh, also, weather permitting, we're still going to be pruning roses tomorrow at the Greenwood Cemetery, downtown Jackson. One block north of the state capitol is this old 1820s Garden Park Cemetery. It's got lots and lots of roses. And uh, members of the Old Rose, Old Garden Rose Society, these are not stuffy people. They're real gardeners. And, and I are going to be down there starting about 9 o'clock. We're going to prune roses. You know, it's not that hard. If you don't know how to do it, we'll show you. Bring some gloppers. Bring some some uh, some gloves. And if you want to learn how to root roses, it's like ringing a bell. We'll show you how to do it. All the cuttings you want. 9 o'clock, Greenwood Cemetery, downtown Jackson. If it's pouring it down, we might be on the porch. But otherwise, me and uh, Jav and the folks at MPB, we'll be right back. Stop hiding behind the pillow Whenever the dawn looks gray Get up, get out, ooh, and meet the sun halfway There may be a fortune waiting, lots of gold Or even an egg souffle <laughs> Get up, get out, and meet the sun halfway Get into the tub, and you begin to rub and scrub Give out with your version of the road to Mandalay You may even show little Abner the way to win Daisy May Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Get into the tub, splash, and that you begin to rub and scrub. Give out with your version of the road to Mandalay. Don't ever expect the bright side served up to you on a tray. Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Yeehaw! I just... A piece of uh, a package came in, and I just opened it up, and it's a brand new book about a lot of people remember Dr. Dirt. I'm just so excited. This is called Maverick Gardens, University Press of Mississippi. University Press here in Mississippi, published, written and published in Mississippi, and it's about Mississippi dirt gardeners. We call them Maverick Gardeners, Dr. Dirt, and other determined independent gardeners or diggers. It just came out. Oh, it's so pretty. I'm so pleased with it. It's about real gardeners uh, who do stuff. Be, like they want instead of what the neighbors think they ought to do. They're not rebels. They're not. They're not crazy people. They just do their own thing. They typically have over the top gardens, and you typically see them with their butts in the air because they're busy gardening. They ain't studying you. Anyway, I'm so pleased to see this. But enough of that. We're here to have some fun with other folks, and we're going to start out uh, and with Brent, who's been hanging on forever from Savannah, Tennessee. Hey, Brent. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. How you doing? So far, so good. What's up, man? That's good. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out the best combination for eradicating the onions and the tree growth that I've got going on right now. I've got about an acre, a lawn, uh, mostly Bermuda. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And i got a neighbor. Man, he's got a great lawn, and we're in a stiff competition, so I'm trying to edge him out. 
Okay. And I've just been using herbicide. I don't know what's the timing and okay. what's the best thing to use. Okay. Now, now you you know that I'm in favor of a metal law, and I think you could beat them by by actually planting more different kinds of stuff and have the cooler meadow. But that ain't right. what you're. That, you know, so people who want to do that, there's two different approaches: the most floriferous little low growing meadow that you can mow and still have a summer lawn, or the absolute perfect wall to wall, nothing but green. Uh, turf, uh, uh, golf course type grass, and I can help with that too. Here's the deal. That's First, what I'm going for in the front yard. Yeah, the backyard. Yeah. When well, here, here's the deal. Don't overdo it. You know, if if it calls when it calls for a weed killer, you don't have to mix it stronger or spray longer in one spot. In other words, these things they work if they use them according to directions, and don't get so aggressive that you kill your grass. Uh, think of it more like chemotherapy. A couple of sprays a week or two apart will always work better than one heavy overdose, which your neighbor's going to do. So, right. anyway, to answer your question, uh, if you got Bermuda grass, that's good because Bermuda will tolerate more uh, more weed killers than other things. Uh, the two kinds of weeds you have out there, one is grassy weeds. Uh, some people like annual bluegrass. The, a lot of people call it poa anna, P-O-A-A-N-N-A. Uh, poa anna is a real common winter-type grass. What will kill grasses won't kill, in most cases, the other stuff. And what kills the other stuff, the dandelions, the henbits, the, the clovers, the garlic, the onions, all those things, they're considered broadleaf weeds. And it takes a, 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 a separate one for that. So get... See what kind of weeds you got. If there's a lot of different kinds of weeds, just get with any onions, onions and clover mainly. Okay, okay. There, there. You know, if it's not a true grass, it's considered a broadleaf. Onion and, and, and clover, dandelion, they're broadleaf weeds. Get something that says for the control of broadleaf weeds. It'll have dandelions on it on the label, that kind of stuff, and mix it according to direction and just on a on a nice pretty day. Uh, when the stuff is growing better, go ahead and spray it lightly and then come back a week or two later and hit them again. That'll take them out without – your grass won't won't miss a lick. Great. So the main now thing, don't, don't overdo it is what I'm saying. That's where we run into problems with, weed, with, with all kind of chemicals. Now, the second part is a beautiful part that you, I think would, you would love. I have a park that's probably 150 feet wide by about 200 feet long uh, that I've cleared out a bunch of old nasty trees. Now it's just got big trees around, but it's just dirt. It's covered with leaves all winter, and now when I rake it and clean it up, it's just dirt. What can I go in there with to make that meadow look? And it's a lot of shade. Yeah, that's is, good. Is it possible? Is it possible? I'm. I want to say no, but there's always somebody out there who says I'm an idiot, and I'm an idiot for saying no. But I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I've got some. I've got some ivy growing on some trees that I started in a couple of little places. Yeah, yeah. Kind listen, of taken off the climb. Listen, listen. When I was a kid, we didn't have all these fancy grasses. We had a push mower and we mowed whatever growed. And in the shade, everybody had this stuff called ground ivy. It is little scallop leaves. It kind of smells pungent when you mow it. And a lot of people don't like it now because it ain't grass. But it was what we used before the the, the, the lawnmower and the, the fertilizer and the herbicide industry started telling us what we really want. So there's all sorts of things that are growing there. This stuff called ground ivy. Uh, mondo grass will still grow you know, that far north. Mondo grass is a, a spreading ground cover. Uh, a lot of people use it to edge plants. But we have 100% mondo grass lawns uh, in, uh, across the south. But um, what I would do is just leave the leaves out there. Don't rake them. Don't do, you know, let the leaves feed the you know, sort of feed the soil, feeds the worms in the soil. That'll keep your dirt from getting harder and harder packed. So feed the worms and then look around town, start looking at what other people have in the shade, the ivies, uh, uh, things like that, and start plugging a few of those. There's a, a plant, what is it? We can't grow it so far this far south called, uh, oh, I'm just drawing a blank. What about kudzu? You know, you can always find yeah, it. No, you don't want kudzu <laughs> because it doesn't that want to be. Does that make my neighbors happy? Well, you, you need shade-loving plants. And uh, so uh, I, I run that idea. The answer to your question is no. There are a lot of possibilities, but I'm waving my, my hands in the air trying to describe them, and you can't see it. So I'm feeling it, man. I'm shoot shoot it. me an email. But meanwhile, don't kill your grass in competition trying to, to out, out grass your neighbors. I got you. Take, take it easy. You bet, man. Boy, there's, there are a lot of possibilities. I look for shade guard. I look for 
people that have problems, I look for solutions as I walk around. I walk a lot, four or five miles every day, and I see solutions everywhere. But it's hard to convey them if I just got pictures in my head. Anyway, let's go uh, to Neshoba County because, Bill, you've been hanging on for a long time. What's up, man? Hello. Howdy. What's up? Uh, Okay, got a couple questions. One is uh, a plant ID. Uh, It looked exactly like a, a blueberry. Got the same leaves on it. When the fall came, leaves turned red like the other blueberries. My wife said, why don't you dig that up? It's on the property line and put it where I want it to grow. And uh, then when the leaves fell off, we saw that it had big, huge uh, thorns on it. And I was wondering, is do you mm. have any idea what that is? Oh, no, I don't. Nope. Okay. I mean, I, 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 do you still have it? Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't dig it up. Okay, if if you can, you know, I mean, there's there's lots of plants that would not a lot. There's there's too many plants to fit that description. I, see, I put a Mr. Potato Head and pick it t- together when people stay. You remember Mr. Potato Head? Oh yeah. Well, see, people start adding stuff, and, I, and right now, what I've got in my head, it doesn't look like anything I know. But if you could take a picture of it, a pretty good, clear, close-up picture, maybe even of the thorn stuff, I might be able to recognize it. But our our, our native blueberries, we have native blueberries, but they don't have thorns. So okay. I, I want to well, find out though. Sound it's it, it sounds fun. So if you could get you know a, a picture and, and send it to me, that'd be great. Okay. The other thing is, is that I was planning on coming down from Neshoba County for the Greenwood Cemetery uh-huh. tomorrow, and I've been all over the Internet, and I can't find an address. Do you have an address? No, it doesn't have an address. It was there before addresses. If you, if you, can, if you can find the state capitol building right downtown, okay, then the, there's a street called West Street that goes north from there. It's uh, it's 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 one block. There used to be an old, uh, uh, you know, it's one of these small town things. Used to be a, 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 a funeral home there. Anyway, it's on the northwest corner. You could see it from the Capitol, and you could see the Capitol from it. One block north of the State Capitol on West Street. Okay, I can find that. Yeah, it, you know, just north of the of, of the uh, the State Capitol is the Supreme Court building. This is Caddy oh, Corner. Yeah, from, yeah, okay. yeah it's just that. past that. Only the, the Supreme Court bill is between the two of them. Okay, great. All right, look okay. forward to seeing you. Okay, see you there tomorrow. Oh, I'm so excited about this Maverick Garden book. You know, Doctor Dirt. He was such a. You know, he was my co-host when we first started here for such a long time, and uh, but this is about people who grow stuff the way they want to, and I featured eight gardeners from Mississippi, who do their own thing. And am I the first person to see the book? You you and I. You know, you and I are the first person to see it. The, and, pi- the pictures, I just want to, if I could paint the radio visual, the pictures are awesome in the book. Uh, it's, it's got, you're not going to find another gardening book like this anywhere, I guarantee you that. So in, anyway, we'll, we have plenty of time to talk about this. Uh, I would like to, before this next call, mention there's a shrub out there in people's yards. I'm beginning emails, people saying, what are these things there's a shrub called eliagnus it's grown as a hedge as an anvil shrub people try to prune it but it sends out these long sprangly branches it's really a big vine but people prune it as a bush and it sends it long sprangly branches uh, it blooms fragrant in november december right now it's got perfectly edible little sort of pinkish uh with silvery spot fruits on them they're about the size of of uh, little kids little pinky Anyway, they're perfectly edible. If you got Eliagnus in your in your landscape, whether you prune it or not, go out there and pull the leaves back, and you'll see these fruits that are perfectly edible right now. They're a little sweet. They have a little bit of a pithy, you know, sort of like a persimony type of thing. Perfectly edible, and they're growing in your yard right now. Wintertime food. Now let's go to uh, over to Vicksburg. Charlie, appreciate you holding, man. What's going on? Hey, how you been, Felder? So far, pretty good. Not so bad. What's up? All right. I uh, recently bought this old house, and a plant I had never really had much experience with, but, man, last year it was beautiful. It was a big old, a big tall calla lily, uh, white ones. And I I was wondering if there was anything I needed to do to get it to come back like it was last year. I'm pretty sure the people that I was in there before didn't do anything to them, 
and they came out so beautiful. Okay, and you say calla lily or canna lily? Uh, maybe I don't believe it's canna. It's uh, it's callus. It's, it's like, got the it's got funny little flower thing. Yeah, big big white flower, like a peace lily, I guess. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah. you know it it, it it but it was there when you bought the house and it it came back right. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, I would just, you know, if it looks really bad, what I would do is go ahead and just cut back the uh, the bad-looking foliage, and this next weekend, if it gets down into the lower 20s of teens, throw a bucket or something over it just to protect it just for that, that night, and it should come back fine in the spring. Awesome. All right. And when it does, you know, I'd I'd like to find out what it is. If you get a chance when it blooms to think about it, send me a picture of it, because I want to know what it is. I sure will. Like I said, it's... I hadn't really seen them before, but I know, you know, you'll see them in cut flowers, big white, uh, and they have they sell like the little African violet looking things. They sell them in the store, but they're much smaller. Yeah, uh, I'll send you a picture. I got your email. Yeah, one more you... quick question. I was wondering if you had ever tried that trick with the moth and the yogurt or the buttermilk. Um, um, no, because I mean I, I don't have trouble. You're talking about trying to get moths growing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people do that. And it works. I yeah, I haven't had any problem because moss just grows for me. But but uh, but what the buttermilk culture does, it sort of speeds it up a little bit. Just chop it all up and spread it out and stomp on it and walk away and it'll grow. Great. That's all a right. that's a good recipe. All right, I'm gonna try that out. Thanks. All right. Good luck on it. Right. Whew. Ely Oh, and one other thing, I brought some of my little baby carrots. And Java, you tried one. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, this they're called Tom Thumb. They're little bitty things. They're they're much bigger than my thumb, but they're 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 little. You know, they they grow well in pots for kids and all. But it's little bitty carrots for the ones for people. I guess compared to grocery store, it's like the little snack size. Yeah, that's what it is. Little snack size carrots, and I grow them. The, the leaves are perfectly fine. It's another ferny looking plant for for wintertime. So, between the carrots and the kale and the and the uh, the parsley and the. Uh, uh, the Swiss Yard. I got a nice looking little flower bed out there in the middle of the winter. And if it freezes next week, not going to hurt it. And when I'm tired of looking at it, I'm going to eat it. And folks, you can do that now in your garden. Lettuces and leafy greens. This is a great time. Set out those kind of plants in pots or in containers, even in flower beds. They love the cold weather. Now, let's go up to um, Ripley. I think it's Ripley. Is that right? Scott, what's up, man? Hey, good morning. How are you today? Oh, so far so good. Not so bad. Uh, you mentioned uh, earlier in the show that now was the time to treat for stickers in your yard. Mm-hmm. Since you can't really see them, uh, number one question: what like what chemicals do you use to treat those? And okay. then, like, do you treat the whole yard or? Well, here, here's the deal: you can see if you go out there and look out there, they look like little bitty, tiny, ferny-looking things. They're little ferny-looking plants, real low to the ground. And while they're small, they're easy to kill. The stickers themselves are the seeds after the plant flowers. And they hadn't even started flowering yet. Right now, they look like little ferns growing across the ground. And um, anything that will kill dandelions or clover will control stickers. But if you've got a lot of stickers, also this summer in the long run, do what you can to thicken your lawn up because stickers are a symptom of a thin lawn. But anyway, anything that'll kill dandelions will kill sticker plants. And right now, they're, if you look out there, they're there. Okay, thank you. Have All a good right. day. Appreciate it. Okay, now to um, what's the next one here? Uh, oh, Hugh in Ocean Springs. Hey, Hugh. My bifocals are starting. To, I'm so excited. My bifocals aren't even working anymore. Okay. What's up? <laughs> well, uh, I have three subjects. Uh, one, I have a spirea that's really big, and I'd like to move it. Uh, but it's been so warm down here lately. It's it's setting buds and about to either put out a bunch of all the new leaves. Yeah, 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 bloom. yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if if you go move it now, you you know you could move it and water it really good. But just as soon as it finishes blooming, cut it way back. You need to cut it when you move an old plant. You need to cut it back. But we're close enough to flower to where you know if you move it now, let it bloom, then cut it back. Or else, wait till after it finishes blooming, cut it back and move it. But we're so oh, close okay. to the flowers, you know. Come on, you know. It, but make sure if you move it without cutting it, be sure to cut it when it's when it's through blooming. So maybe I really post bloom, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, and then I have a, a Virginica itia. Yeah. Good. Good. Na- yeah. Good. Good native plant. Good. Good native plant for shade. It's a good native plant. 
Um, and I'm into the native thing. But anyway, uh, it's putting out pups, you know, and most of them have been real close. But it has some that are maybe a foot away from the main plant. Yeah, it, they, they make and little colonies. So I wanted to cut it off and try to transplant them? Yeah, yeah, they're just, they're, they're just little suckers. It, they, they make little colony for them. They spread like that. So dig up the little plants and, you know, with a little piece of root and move them. No big deal. I would still cut those back, even though they're only about a foot or so tall. I'd still snip them back, make them start bushing out close to the ground. But this is a good time to move them. They're kind of a burgundy-looking stem. Well, I was just going to try to take off the cutting and put, you know, add them around the yard, so to speak. No, just just move some of those little suckers. Okay, and just try to take as much root, or do I need to put like a? It's not much root there. They're they're growing off of other roots. Just you know, dig, you know, crunch down, dig up a little piece, snip it back, plant it someplace. And it doesn't need a special root nope. setting, cutting nope. formula. Nope. Nope. Stick in the ground, it'll nope. take off. That's right. Okay. Okay, we're we're. One more. we're Okay, we're we're out of time, man. I mean, the, these this stuff kicks in. The computer's going to kick us both out of here if we don't if we don't wrap it up. So, give me a call next week. Let's take it from here, okay? And we have a special announcement of Felder the pruning party at the historic Greenwood Cemetery yep. that's supposed to happen this Saturday yep. has been rescheduled. Okay, it's been rescheduled to February twenty seventh. Okay, so in other words, they're calling the rain date. Okay, folks, I ain't going to be—I might sit down on the porch and drink me a cup of coffee if anybody didn't hear this. But anyway, that's okay. It is a good weekend to prune your roses, though, folks. you got roses you want to prune. you got figs you want to prune. This is a great weekend for pruning stuff, uh, it, 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 except for the spring bloomers. Don't prune your blueberries or your roses or your climbing—I mean, your, your spireas, azaleas. Anything that blooms in the spring, don't prune it till after it gets through blooming. Other than that— I rooted, I cut my figs back this past week, and I stuck cuttings of my figs in the ground. So I'm going to have heirloom figs to share with folks a little bit later. But anyway, we've been talking about gardening here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, one of many weekly programs, local programs here at MPB. Appreciate y'all coming to our party. We're going to be back same time, same place next uh, Friday. Meanwhile, I'm going to arrange my little flowers and take a picture for our podcast of all the colorful stuff that you can grow in your winter garden and eat when you're tired of looking at it. I'm Horton. Horticulture's Felder Rushing, Java Chapman, and all the folks. If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center, get them a packet of lettuce seed and a pot, some potting soil, and show them how to do what we do best, folks. Teach kids how to get dirty.